Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I'm a feminist, but if George Clooney told me his marriage to a mall was just for show and he was a bisexual playboy and he invited me to some kind of Hollywood orgy, I'd be cool with it. I'm not even that into that. I just, as you were describing it, I was like, oh, I'd love to watch loads of people go off with each other. Are <laughs> oh, you foyer at this party? Oh, are you, yeah. Are you not participating? Oh, depends on my mood that day. <laughs> what if somebody... If I was ovulating, everybody there would get it. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I've got a really sexist baby. Um, he, he, of course. <laughs> Why did I do that? Um, he is so sexist sometimes. In what he, way? He sometimes says, stop talking, mubby. <laughs> and once he said to me, am I a little boy? And I went, yeah, yeah. And he went, I'm not a woman. I'm not a lady. He's working out what everyone yeah, is. And, I mean, I and it's very funny if you're like trying to blur the lines of all this stuff, but he's two and a half, so I was like, no, I'm a lady. And he went, you're not a lady. <laughs> you big, big, big woman. <laughs> That's a fair point. I mean, I may not be a lady, but I'm all big, big, big woman. <laughs> I'm a feminist, 
but sometimes I hate listening to the edit of The Guilty Feminist because I hate the sound of my own voice and I don't know how anyone can stand it because I'm so annoying. Uh, that's I've got to, I'm going to have to do another one. No one wants that. I'll um, do one while you think of one. Okay. I'm a feminist, but when I'm in my car overtaking a lorry, I'm certain I'm about to die. <laughs> Every single time. Until I'm half a mile on from the lorry. I think that that lorry is able to crush and kill me and everyone in my car. Even once it's really far behind me, that fear is with me. My heart rate rises. I'm a feminist, but on the way to Latitude, two years ago, the Latitude Festival, I had a car full of comedians, and I hadn't driven in ages, and... There was just no way to pull out. I was on the hard shoulder and I just couldn't get out of the traffic. So we ended up on the hard shoulder with all of these cars piling past. And one of the comedians started to get out. And we were like, don't get out. You're going to die. You're going to die. And there was a whole thing. And then we went to a services. And I had to ring up and put that comedian on the insurance so he could drive the rest of the way. And I genuinely felt I did nothing for the cause of women drivers that day. That's a big. That's a bit of a doozy, Debs. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a feminist, but I'm not a very good driver. I'm not. I'm not. I'm fine pootling around town, but I'd forgotten about motorways and how hard they were, and I just wasn't used to it. I'm just unpracticed. But he had to and go on. And I had to hand it for to a, a future man. one. I'm a feminist, but I do say pootling. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but when I've read a page of a book, including. A Kindle, large print. I need a break then. (laughs) And often that break is asleep. (laughs) Sometimes, Debs, and I know I shouldn't say this as a feminist, but I worry that I'm a cretin. No, no. (laughs) There's so many things like that that I'm like... No, Jess, Jess, Jess. Cretin is not an inclusive word. Secondly... Oh, sorry, moron. Secondly... No, that's definitely not. No. Carly Findlay... In, Simpleton? In, in, no, Carly Findlay... We did a hot, it, has, it hasn't come out yet, but Carly Findlay, who's a disability activist, gave us a whole session on this in Australia. I can't wait to get this podcast out there because I feel like we all need to listen to it because it's a really good education. But it's the thing is, she says in it... She said, I said, well, what can we say? Because like I, like I was saying things like, like you know, sometimes you just say, oh, my God, the traffic was insane or that party was crazy. And she was like, all of these things are... For, they're sort of slurs on mental health and it's very tiring if you have mental health issues to hear that pejorative there all the time or, or it's, it's sort of standing in for something else. And I said, well, what can I say then? And she said, bananas. And I was like, but I'm not a member of the Partridge family. So... <laughs> be as a grown woman saying bananas oh as in that's absolutely bananas yeah that party was bananas but i'm sorry i'm 20 minutes late but the traffic was bananas i'm like i can't do that carly as much as i love you then she got out of thesaurus and it, it was basically all the words you can use are going to make you sound very fancy and intelligent they're all really? things like yeah the traffic was discombobulated <laughs> that party was frenetic it's stuff like that I think my point was that, you know, as things are normal, your normality is in a constant state of flux. So off the back of tonight, I'm probably going to have to learn some new words for moron. What I can't promise, Debs, is that I'll ever be as perfect as you. Oh, don't say that. No, I'm not. I'm terrible all of the time. I'm just trying to learn because then people tell me and they tell me because I'm having this podcast. So I feel like I need to try and change. I am not perfect. 
honestly, behind closed doors, I still say crazy. Well, behind closed doors, there's no one but yourself to offend. Well, that's what I think. Yeah. And I know I should probably retrain myself. But so, at the moment, when I'm on my own, I can still call myself a fucking moron. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I'm slightly self-conscious at the moment because my eyebrows are less on fleek than they've ever been <laughs> since I realised that being on fleek was the thing they should be. <laughs> I fleeked them... And then just lately, it's just been so busy. And I just find in the summer, I feel like your hair grows faster in the summer. Your eyebrows look I, lovely, mate, and I'm so close oh, to your face. Oh, no, 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 no. They are not they're fleek really at all. They're not even they're near so fleek. They're nice. They're lovely. They're I mean, not I'll be honest, a, I don't know what a fleek is. They're not adjacent to fleek. <laughs> but it's a, fleek means like shape tiny. Popping. They've got tiny hairs, and they go in there like that, like an arch, and they're like, and there's there, and they're there. <sighs> I just... Does anyone else feel like the fourth bridge in summer? that you can't keep everything bronzed and hair-free and painted at the same time. No. I really struggle with it, though. Just really have one do. thing done and you feel nice. No, I don't. I feel the opposite. If I have my eyebrows done, I'll go, oh, you know, my ears need doing now. I don't know what you do to your ears, but <laughs> I won't think that. I'll think, oh, I need to bronze or something. Really? And I know I, I shouldn't opposite, worry about it. I the and it's this. very freeing. If I make time in a month to epilate one half of one leg. <laughs> Especially if I've added a big toe in there for a laugh. <laughs> I, f- I honestly feel confident frolicking with teenagers in hot pants. <laughs> but I think this... You, you can take so much confidence from the smallest act. No, I'm the opposite. If I've just had a wax, then I think, oh, these are very white, aren't they? If I haven't waxed them, I'm focusing on the hairs. As soon as the hairs are gone, I think this needs bronzing now. But who is it for? The other day, I was sat with a friend and her trouser bottom rolled up and she had well hairy legs. And the only thing I thought was, yes! (laughs) Get it! For me, it's for me because I like to feel a smooth, bronzed calf. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know, I know. I've been, I am aware I've been brainwashed by the patriarchy to want these things. I know that. But I have. Do you see what I mean? Like, it doesn't... So you want them now, and that's yeah, that. Yeah, because I, but I would always oh, right. have been... You can't Debs. be born in Should a vacuum. Have a deal? You're born in a time where something's in fashion. You could continue to want the things you know you're not meant to want in terms of body hair removal, etc. If I can continue, even though I know that it's no, not ideal... that's not the same. To slur no, myself that's not with the words. Same. It's not the to same. To slur myself no, with harmful because words. because you're contributing to a society... <laughs> Which so are you? Yeah, okay. Get your pigs out! <laughs> oh, it's a gladiatorial arena for feminism now, isn't it? They want blood. <laughs> Bring out the lions! I just want to still be able to say idiot without you needing to have to grow a beard. <laughs> Live from King's Place in London, the Spontanean Shop presents the Guilty Feminists with me, Deborah Francis White, Jessica Host, Jessica Foster a very special guest, Gina Martin, and Yasmin Abdul Majid, talking about things we think are normal. Shouldn't. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. We are talking about things we think are normal and shouldn't. Like, just things that are normal in our society. That yeah. it's just like, okay... Politicians kissing babies. I'm going to put that out there. 
Really? Why is... I mean, most, I always get a bit funny politicians... about this. When people are funny about um, strangers kissing babies or touching babies' faces, I always think, oh, no, that's me. I'm all over babies. Yeah, but that's fine. You're not a politician trying to win a vote. Oh, I see. That's oh, I get it. I Do you understand. Know what I mean? thought you just meant general affection towards infants. <laughs> oh, thank no, God. I just don't... Does anyone else think it's just a bit creepy that somebody who's trying to influence you to give them more power in society comes at you through a newborn? And it's always an old white man doing it. I mean, it's never like some young, hip, female, Asian, cool MP, is it? Who's kissing your baby? Well, I don't know. I've never seen that happen. Because they don't need to do that to appear human. That's why they do it. That's why the old white men do it. They're like, look how human I am. And then their tongue comes out like... (laughs) It's like a snake tongue. And you don't want that on your infant. You don't want that on anyone who's newborn. It's like the kiss, it's like a fairy turning up at a christening and giving a curse. There's a load of Tory spittle all over you. You're all christened with it. Unpleasant. Um, do you, what I do you think is normal? I didn't know that happened. What, the politicians kiss babies? No. That's a cliche, yeah. Famous. It's funny because I know that I'm, I don't... I'm not upset by not feeling as clever as I'd like to feel. And that the fact that I do consider myself at sometimes to have just missed out on massive things that seem to be normal for most people to know. I once asked someone if Barcelona was in Spain in my 20s. But, you know, I've got a law degree from a really good university. I'm not worried that I'm not clever enough. My real concern is it's entirely self-inflicted from probably having first glass of wine when I was about eight. I think they misspent youth and have then continued that into adulthood has left me all respect to myself in some ways, Crescentus. You have to remember, we've all got gaps in our general knowledge. But what... Yeah, and I've never seen an old man politician get off with a baby. <laughs> it's not get off with... It's, a, it's not get off with... There's an affectionate kiss on the head. I'm not meaning to imply... But what's oh, lovely about feminism is we're all there to plug each other's gaps. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we're all there to plug each other's knowledge gaps. <laughs> not sex gaps, knowledge That's gaps. That's Ali G's idea of feminism, darling. It is. That's not the real... Exactly. Yeah. And if you are a cis white straight man listening at home... Yes, we are in our pyjamas right now. <laughs> and we're about to start the big feminist pillow fight that we, that we have at precisely this time every Monday night. Even bank holidays. <laughs> um, what you're describing there, Jess, is gaps in general knowledge. And that Plug should, it. That should not... <laughs> should not be equated with any words that are slurs. You don't need to do that. You're one of the cleverest people I know... We all have gaps in our We've general knowledge. We've never done a quiz together, mate. No, but you would there's... spend your entire. You wouldn't. You'd be able to concentrate on the quiz because you're so busy plugging my gaps. Listen, I love plugging your gaps, and I love it when you plug my gaps. We all plug each other's gaps. We've all got an equal amount of gaps, I think. Outrageous. Some people are very good at general knowledge, and some people are very. You can just bang out a funny line like that, and that's a kind of cleverness. Do you know what I mean? Like we're all clever in different ways. That's what I think. And I think we should not call ourselves C-words. Oh, you're telling me now I can't call myself a cunt? 
I, I reserve the right to do that forever. <laughs> Slur all over myself, mate, thanks. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so what else do you think we think of as normal, but we, you know, there's just stuff going on, like 98% of CEOs are male. I just don't think that should be normal, and no. we sort of think we have to fight from that position. But I feel like if it had been 50-50 for 10 years, and suddenly 46% of women were replaced with men, we'd all have a riot. Like, yeah. in terms of representation, and I know CEOs aren't the main thing. You know, I know there are women in much worse positions, but representation in our society is incredibly important and there are all sorts of things that we just take for granted. Yeah. And we shouldn't. There's this amazing woman who I read about today called Catherine Switzer. Have any of you heard of her? So, <laughs> relatively few. That's please. The one person in the room. Please plug our gap. She, um... <laughs> tell me more, tell me more, like, does she have a car? Uh-huh. No, she doesn't uh-huh. need one because she's an amazing marathon runner. Great, super. <laughs> that was exactly the information I wanted when I asked that question <laughs> in the form of superb. song. Yeah, but in the marathoning world, she's like royalty apparently, she blazed a trail for female athletes in the sense that I didn't realise. But uh, So here we go. You just assume that it's normal that in sports like marathon running that there's yeah. no gender divide. You weren't allowed to run in official marathons until, I don't know if it says in this article, but basically in 1967, she ran the Boston Marathon, even though women weren't allowed, she just hid in the pack. Um, she managed to register by just calling herself KV Switzer. And then at the starting line, they didn't notice her. Four miles into the race, she was caught on camera and officials tried to physically drag her off. She'd brought her, her boyfriend who was running with her, shifted them all and she powered on and finished. Ha! Oh. Only to be disqualified and expelled from the US Amateur Athletics Union. The rules were changed in 1972, and at 71 years old, she's still organising and running marathons. And she ran the Boston Marathon recently with the same number on her shirt. And, I mean, she looks younger than me. I mean, it's depressing. Sorry, I'm a feminist, but what I took from that is how this now what must be quite an elderly marathon runner... It looks so yeah, good for her age. I mean, I just, you know... So no, that's not the main point. <laughs> Please welcome Deborah Francis White! <laughs> All right, so I don't know how many of you heard about this. A young woman called Gina Martin uh, was in a packed... This is, I'm reading this directly uh, from a newspaper. Was in... Yeah, it's not been well written. <laughs> Three weeks ago, when Gina Martin was impacted into a sweaty crowd... I, that can't be... It's just poor journalism. Um, three weeks ago... It's not three weeks ago now, it's ages ago now. I'm going to start again. <laughs> Gina Martin was in a sweaty crowd. The journalist says sweaty. I don't know. I wasn't there. I can't verify that. <laughs> Most crowds are sweaty, though, aren't they? So I think we'll give them that. At a music festival in Hyde Park, uh, she noticed that the man standing in front of her had an image of a woman's bare legs and crotch on his phone screen. Seconds later, she realised the image was of her. She grabbed the phone, took it to the festival staff, who called the police. When the police arrived, they told the man to delete the photo, and that's all that happened. Uh, Five days later, she was told by the police that the case was going to be closed as the man hadn't broken any laws! 
um, because it's not illegal. Now, I think it's probably not illegal because when laws were being made, most of the laws were made ages ago. I mean, we make the odd law now, don't we? But loads of laws were made before mobile phone cameras were easily accessible. And so there was no law that said, you can't do this. Now, this is from The Telegraph. If Ms. Martin had been in a place which would reasonably be expected to provide privacy, such as her home or a changing room, it could amount, not, not would, but could amount to voyeurism under Section 67 of the Sexual Offences Act. So, yes, if she were in a changing room and she saw a camera hovering underneath... <laughs> And a voice said, have you got the size you need? You're right in there. Shall I get in in a size 12 for you? We might have it in the Navy. Then that could be, wouldn't necessarily be, but that could be covered by the law. Or if she was in her home, if she was in the kitchen doing the washing up, and then she saw a selfie stick come through the window, and it just sort of went down a bit, and then up a bit, and left a bit, and to the right a bit, and found its way under her skirt. Then it could, it not, not necessarily would, but could amount to voyeurism under Section 67 of the Sexual Offences Act. However, says the Telegraph, a festival field would not fit under the remit of this law. And to be fair, she did go outside. <laughs> what did she fucking expect? She went into a field. That's not a changing room, is it? That's not her kitchen. So it's not reasonable, if you're in a field, to expect men not to take unsolicited photos of your pants slash vagina. Upskirting can also come under the criminal offence of outraging public decency, but that's only if two or more people see the photograph. Because if he's just using it for a cheeky wank himself, fine. (laughs) Fine. The Telegraph assures us in Ms Miller's case, no such charge was made. The Metropolitan Police said in a statement, the Met takes allegations of voyeurism seriously and does and will investigate them thoroughly. I mean, in this case, they investigated it thoroughly and decided it was fine. (laughs) So, (laughs) if two or more people see it, this is usually related to flashes. The person who's been flashed, so if someone comes up with a Mac and exposes themselves, it's not a crime unless two people watch it. It's a crime against them. And I think this is because it comes from a time when women couldn't vote, and so no laws were made for women. So if two gentlemen were standing in Covent Garden in top hats, smoking cigars out the front of the, you know, St. Paul's Church, and a lady was selling flowers there, <laughs> and a man comes along and exposes himself, it's the gentleman watching it, saying, we shouldn't have to look at this sort of brutish behaviour on a Tuesday night. And so it's to protect the men. And it reminds me a lot of being in a cult. Because it's true that Jehovah's Witnesses have a two-witness rule that they get from the Old Testament. So if someone does something to you and there were not two witnesses to see it, just so say a man assaults you and you go to the elders, they say, by mouth of two witnesses, a matter will be established. And it really causes problems in the Jehovah's Witness church all the time. Because women are always going, yes, but he didn't pull two elders over and go, I'm now going to do a bad thing. That's why they call it a crime, mate. People do it in private. So, currently, they said the best they can cover it with is public nuisance. So, upskirting at the moment, someone putting a camera up your skirt and taking a picture is a public nuisance. That's not enough, surely. A public nuisance, a nuisance at a festival is wasps. (laughs) 
or needing to use the loo or Jedward. <laughs> guest is a freelance writer who launched the campaign to criminalise upskirt photos in the UK. Please welcome Gina Martin! And we have a second guest who's joining our panel. She is making a welcome return to the podcast. She was only on it a few weeks ago and we loved her so much we've invited her back. Please welcome engineer, writer, broadcaster and activist Yasmin Abdelmajid! So, Gina, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I've got chewing gum, which is not right, podcast Right, no, I can see friendly. you're disposing of that. Gonna... And, Yasmin, you've got something to talk about tonight. We're going to ask you about it later. Yes. Could you quickly give us an update? How's the old uh, American visa situation going? In process. And also, thank you to the Guilty Feminist community, actually. Like, I got so many messages and emails and offers of support. So, I really felt like I became part of a family, actually. Aww. So thank you. And to everyone listening, that's you too. So I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank also, you. who is Jedward? Oh. <laughs> like, you know those bloody I don't have any things. words that's to, that's to me right I now. don't I was... have any words I'm allowed to use to describe them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were an X Factor. Of course, this is very British. Years ago, they were on X Factor, and their real names were John and Edward. They're, oh, they're wow. twins. They're really kind of geeky twins who can't sing very well, who were doing a double act. And they called themselves John and Edward, and it was the public that put that together in Jedward. And John It's like really... Brangelina kind yeah, of vibe. Yeah, exactly. But John felt really ripped off because he said it should be Jodwood. <laughs> and he was just greedy. He's just got the J. Uh, so if you haven't listened to a recent episode, Yasmin went to America to participate and speak at a conference called No Country for Muslim Women and ironically was turned back at the border because oh. Sudan had been on the Muslim ban list. Yasmin was born in Sudan, raised in Australia and because of some visas uh, she was sent back but basically it's part of Trump's Muslim ban. Yeah, and my life has now become an onion headline, essentially. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's, you were article. literally going to the no country yeah. for Muslim women and told... And they this were like, is actually no this is no country for, for young Muslim women. Soz, yeah. bye. Bye Felicia. And I'm like, I'm actually Yasmin, stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's how I spoke to the officers. I was like, stop. <laughs> I'm not even American. I just really wanted to, you know, engage. Yeah. Did yeah. you behave like you were at your Super Sweet 16 party? I was like, I'm going to reenact this at some point, so I need to have some joke. Yeah, mm -hmm. top quality mm -hmm. comedy gold. Exactly. Thank you. So, Gina, tell us where you are with your upskirt law and how can we help? Oh, God, there's so much has happened. So it's been about a year now I've been working with the government, but I was there last week and they're, like, fully on board. That's so great. It's like a yeah. year's Get worth it. of work. Yes, it's taken me. It's... Oh. It's been, I've got this amazing lawyer called Ryan who offered to help me about a year ago and he came on board, it's just two of us and it's taken us about a year but we're finally at a point where they're like really ready to help and they totally see that we've got it right and we've put the legislation forward and they're looking at it and going over details now. Great. How did you do that then? I don't know, I was very drunk. No. <laughs> um, uh, I basically started with, when it happened and they closed the case, I put a post on Facebook, mainly because I was angry and I was just like, I want to put these guys' faces somewhere and I want them to be scared because nothing's happening to them. And then it went viral and then I started the campaign. So, so but that started as hashtag campaigning, basically, mm, yeah. which gets 
poo-pooed. <laughs> but escalated into something that became a solid thing. Yeah. It just got media this... on board, and then I put right. a, a, so a did call you up have for a lawyer. To, did you have to put it forward as a private member's bill? I didn't personally. So one of the Lib Dems, an MP called Vera Hophouse, offered to help. And then me and Ryan helped write the legislation for it. And that's sort of in motion now, in process now. Second reading is coming up for that. Great. Yeah. Awesome. You have to wow. wait for the MP backbenchers' ball to drop, don't you? They... I mean, not sure what that means, but yeah. <laughs> you need to number to... Then what is like your a... system here in England? I've like... heard of no balls <laughs> dropping. Sorry, we I don't plug mean... gaps and we drop balls. <laughs> isn't it, it's like the ball comes out of a hat or drops down like the lottery, isn't it? You have yeah, to wait like... till their number comes up. Yeah, so like for Prime Minister's questions, it gets pulled out of a hat. It's not about Yeah, really? it's very old-fashioned, yes. Yeah. And then we did that, and then Theresa May was like, I understand, and then carries on, carries on. Um, you can tell I'm not the lawyer part of it. Uh, so I your a MP, great impression of her. Thank you. What's your MP called? My MP? Not, sorry, the one that's helping, helping you. Vera. Vera Hobhouse, spelt with a W. Was Legend. she named by Dickens? Potentially, potentially. Vera Hobhouse? Yes, yeah, so she's, she's helping. But we have MPs from every single party, so Conservative support has been overwhelming. It would yeah. be very bizarre yeah, if you were like, no, thing. I'm pro-upskirting. Why? Yeah, no, she, it's... <laughs> Like, it's just not one you want. Like, it's how do you party. justify that? It's, yeah. No, yeah. it's a human thing. It's not party political. It shouldn't be, you know? It's a human thing. Yeah, so across everyone's the behind board, it. women don't want someone uninvited <laughs> putting a camera up their skirt. Yeah, exactly. That's just but across the board. you say that, but, like, I've been reading about this, and you were in a situation on, a like, a chat show where they put you on with an ex-police person. Yeah, that was Joy. She was basically and like, wear trousers. Which yeah, is really fun for well, me. That is, is that what she said? She her, well, well she never got around to I putting it, you, but they you, pre-warned Gina that yeah. her second argument was going to be, well, wear trousers. Yeah. I know you have worn trousers tonight, to be fair. I have, yeah, I've learnt. Um, the fir- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first point she had was, which I think is astounding, just put it on the record, was that she was like, Gina, when you go to a festival, there's lots of stuff police have to do. Like, I was four. And she was like, they were dealing with terrorism. Like, the police are like, hello? Upscaling, no, sorry, just doing terrorism today and put the phone down. They don't do that. So it's like, yeah, there's this thing that's like, oh, upscaling is so minor, why are you fighting for it? It's like, give me a break, man. It's part of the problem. You have to fight for everything. Yeah. You know, everyone has the space to fight for everything. Doesn't mean I don't care about other stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so this is personal and this has happened to you. This sort of what about yeah. it? Mm. What about terrorism? Like, I just. Terrorism really exists, yeah. and also I don't want a man putting a camera up my skirt. Exactly. <laughs> That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive no. battles. <laughs> no. Let's be clear. Exactly. Plus, it's a national security thing, terrorism. It's not your average cop on the street, so she doesn't know how her jurisdictions work. Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, currently... Vera Hobhouse, yes. MP, backbencher, did she just see it and come to you, or was she your MP? No, she just saw it and came and asked to help. She said she'd be interested in putting in a private member's bill for yeah. you. How far through the private member's bill process are you? So it's had its first reading, it's on its second reading, which is very exciting. So what's a second reading mean? That's effectively when they get lots of MPs together, this is layman's terms, they get lots of MPs together, they read through the uh, details of the bill, and that's an opportunity for anyone to shout it down if they want to. They shan't. Because I've always said no one will, hopefully. No one's that silly. And then once it goes through that, it can get debated. And there's a list of things to get debated. What will they debate? I, exactly, right? To be like, this is terrible, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Well, presumably the only argument we wear trousers. Yeah, true. I'm, I'm rather right, honourable gentleman. Has the young woman in question considered trousers? <laughs> well, yes, she did consider trousers, and she does wear a trouser on occasion, but she wished if, if a young lady didn't want to wear a trouser, and in some situations it's not appropriate, she wants to wear Sometimes a... Sometimes when she's keen to wear a skirt, may I say to her, culottes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and I think a lot of the other, I think we don't want to live in a world, do we, where there aren't skirts? I, I personally enjoy a miniskirt. I love a miniskirt, and you know, you don't want, in the summer, it's one of the small joys we have. And Literally, I, it's a tiny joy. It's, a tiny it's a... little joy, and the smaller the skirt, the bigger the joy. I, but it's not gentlemanly or chivalrous to photograph from any angle. An unsolicited photograph from any angle is unpleasant. This literally I only sounds really like had the inbox. one sort of punchline for my bit. <laughs> um, I, I, sounds like your boss. I imagine, boringly, that what they'll be discussing is what law to bring it in under, what umbrella yeah. to have it under, and where sort of suggested sentencing and stuff like that. Yeah, they'll just be if going through the details of the law. Assault that we put or harassment or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Can I also just say this is an example of why we need more women in parliament and more representation because like this wasn't there was no bloke that sort of was like hey I'm going to help you out here it tends to be women who understand that this is an important issue and so things like this are reasons why we need women in parliament and why we need representation across the board so that's you as well getting involved yeah completely So after the second reading, it gets debated. We've role-played the debate, to be honest. We could just send them that and say the debate's done. <laughs> done that. Well, to be honest, I don't think they need the debate. You've done it for That's us. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah. 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 My day, of course, Tick. you've had to hold a camera very still. <laughs> and <laughs> if you were on the... Imagine it wasn't were... an issue. When they had those old cameras that you'd have to stand behind yeah. with it all behind and you. You'd, you'd have just, to follow a young just woman lying on, on the floor the with one of those, hoping... Hoping a skirted person would walk directly over your own head. But, but, you, but she'd have to stand there for some time because it was a long process taking a photograph then and you'd have to say, please, could you hold it? Oh, keep holding, keep holding. So there'll be that debate that we've just had exactly like exactly that. Exactly like that, yeah. And then what happens? Uh, there's a very long process where they can amend and look through the bill um, and then they can pass it if they want. But it's important to note that the bill is one of the vehicles we are using as a team. So me and Ryan have been meeting with the Justice Minister as well and they're basically, the government are looking at it from all different angles. So there's many different strategies they can take. So this, that's one of them. So when do you think it'll be passed? You'd have to ask David Gork, the Justice Minister, that question. Um, he's the only he person in? who knows. Where, not, is, he where is David? Is he he might if he was like, yes, I'm here. David, you is... <laughs> Um, I don't know, but I'm going to say very soon. It seems like very soon, which is just... I, I will it. cry. I I'll cry like so baby. much when democracy... When it's passed, when works. it's enacted, there can be a giant gap between that two. Yeah, yeah. And, it should and, be, and, and implementation. It yeah. should be fairly fast, because it's not a new law, it's an amendment to the current law, so it, it generally could be fast. I mean, we've whistled on like impressions of these people, but I mean, it's not complicated. You don't take pictures of... of Someone's skirt. Yeah. Of someone's kex. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yeah. No. Has this given you a taste for participating in democracy and getting change done? Yeah, massively. Absolutely. Really? Yeah, it's all I want to do now. I work in advertising, which is kind of the opposite. And, um, <laughs> and <laughs> full-time. I love saying that publicly. It's great. And um, <laughs> I was like, oh, Jeannie, change the world. Yeah, I work in advertising. Um, yeah, and this is all I want to do now, really. This is all I wow. care about. I absolutely love it. And it's mm. unbelievably hard. And it's unbelievably stressful. And I spend most of my time crying. And uh, most of my time with my lawyer, just making horrific jokes to get through it. But it's amazing. It feels amazing. And when it happens, it's going to be a really great day. Wow. Yeah. I'm so excited. Do you know what you'd like to change next? Yes, but I can't say because I have to be focused on this one thing. Right, okay, far Single issue at the moment, but you <laughs> yes. do know you've got plans. There's, there's a list. But we can all play this game. We can get yeah. involved. We can start saying it's not a game. We can play mm. this. We can play the game of life. We play can, this life. Yeah. Can it, yeah. yeah. But we can it's all, like the Sims bit real. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we can all. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can all get engaged and we can start asking for more. We can start changing things. We're doing a show at the Palladium. Demanding, like. <clears throat> yeah, this and is... people can go to the authorities and say you're our representatives, and we don't like the way you're doing it. Or here are some suggestions of how you could do it better, and we will help. And we're doing a show at the Palladium on the 24th of May, and the theme is change. And we're looking at people who are changing things, have changed things, how we're going to change things more. So what I want to know from you, Gina, is how can we help you change this? Okay. What can we do? Okay. So right now, I've set up a petition with Care Two, and basically, it's really clever. It's a great functionality. Basically, you sign it, and it sends an email to your MP. So if everyone in this room did that, there's 650 MPs in Parliament, if everyone in this room did that, they would all get a letter tomorrow. So if you just search Gina Martin and Care2 and you sign that petition, it sends a letter I've written telling them they have to support it and they have to be there for the second reading. So if you can do that, can you imagine when they wake up tomorrow and every single one of you has done it? That would be amazing. Wow. So we will do that. We'll all do that. It will let other MPs know... Yeah, people care about this. They want to get into power again. And if we don't vote or we don't show an interest in democracy between the periods we can vote, many fewer protections, laws, policies will be made for us. So it can't just be you. You've got to ignite your demographic. 
and say people from this demographic care and that's how change mm. is made. Yeah, exactly. So we will all do that. Is there anything else we can do? Um, yeah, I'm doing uh, hosting an event in the House of Parliament in June with my lawyer. And if there's anyone in the audience or anyone listening who wants to help, who's a journalist or a broadcaster or an influencer, anyone who can help get the word out, because this is just me, you know, everyone has a PR machine and I don't. It's just me and Ryan. So if anyone wants to help with that, I'm at Beanie Gigi on social media. So just message me, get involved, and please tell me if you have any talent that you can lend to it, whether it's creative or anything, because I just mm. need great people who want to help. So what's the event that you're doing in June? It's to raise awareness for the campaign with MPs. So basically it's to let them know about the bill and how they can get involved. We'll be... So we'll have like a, a party that you invite them to? Basically, it a... it's like a day party, yeah. So we'll have a like... A day party? It's like a day I party in the house party. much booze. <laughs> Will there be drinks? There might be drinks. I really hope there'll be drinks. I haven't found out if there's drinks. Is this a meeting or a party? It'll be like pims and like dusty whiskies. Yeah. I mean, I really just want to play music I can twerk to. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's that's my definition of a party. I mean, whatever time of the day it is. (laughs) You're invited already by (laughs) default. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I'd come to that and just what, just try and chat to MPs and tell them why it's important. Yeah, so we've got, I think we've got Liv Purvis and her partner doing a podcast from there. We're going to have, I can't say who, but there's different influencers and celebrities who are going to be there who can get the word out. And there's different MPs from every single party who have sponsored it. So they're going to be there. MPs will come in, we'll show them what we've tabled, the private members bill, we'll talk around it and we'll do a bit like we're doing now to tell them why it's an issue and why it needs to change. So if there's anyone that wants to get involved, I'm going to make it the funnest party that the House of Parliament has had. Yes! Wow. So Absolutely. anyone get in touch and come along. Absolutely. So up until now, it's been thought normal or not, not egregious anyway, unless you're in a changing room or your own kitchen for someone to come along and just say, oh, you're in a field. I can definitely take a picture up your skirt. You're on the tube. You've dared to leave the house. It's your own fault. And so we want to change that law. This law is going to be changed. It's so clear. And thank you, Gina, for doing something about it and not just going, oh, what can you do? Thank you. Um, thank it's you. so wonderful and inspiring. And it, it encourages all of us to get activated with democracy and change what we can. Yay. <laughs> Can I just say something about The Sims? Yeah. Jasmine's brilliant point that it's like Sims but real. I hope that's so true. <laughs> like, I'm going to view the entire of my life like that now. Oh, totally. Because it like, makes you feel like so much points. more things are possible. Yo. Yeah. But yeah. also, when one of my little sisters was nine, she got banned from playing on Sims because all she was ever doing was making them shag. Oh. <laughs> she, I'm not How sure she fully she? knew what they wow. were doing, but she made the couple go into a bed and all the bed sheets yeah, were roughly around. She knew it was something. Woo-hoo, it was called. Yeah, I really... Uh, and she was really like... <laughs> she knew it was naughty. Oh, wow. And she was so like... <laughs> that she got Sims taken away. Oh. And an aunt that didn't know about it a few months later for Christmas bought her Sims pets. What? Oh. <laughs> Wow. Getting jiggy with it. No. <laughs> Would you like to hear Jessica Foster do some comedy? <laughs> then put your hands together and make enormous whirring noises for the wonderful Jess Foster Q. I've been thinking about behaviour that used to be outrageous that's now seen as normal. And there's got two contexts for that. The first one I'll tell you about uh, my 
granddad. He is uh, <laughs> he's in his 90s. Uh, he's my only one left. And he is um, fit as a fiddle, but losing his memory. I would have said something else then, and I've censored myself. Uh, <laughs> so he knows he knows me, but he doesn't know where from. And as a result of this, he's losing a lot of his inhibitions. Um, so he's been quite outrageous. But also, what was normal when he was younger is not normal now. So he's got the dual thing of losing his inhibitions and also having a set of standards which are very not, not okay anymore. <laughs> um, and it is funny. It is funny for us all. So he knows he knows me, but he's not sure where from. So it means that every time I see him, he draws me in and says, Hello, you gorgeous beast. <laughs> but you can't say anything because you're kind. Um, but on a recent meet-up, it happened to be his birthday, there'd been a few too many of these, right? And on about the fourth time, he'd put his moly hand around my waist and slightly up my top and said something like, You luscious lady. I did it nicely. I sort of just between us, tactfully, kindly, so that no one else could hear. I said, the thing is, Gordy, I'm your granddaughter. And he just went, and? <laughs> Couldn't get less, lazy old goat. Um, and I just want to tell you a wonderful but very outrageous story about him. Um, so he's in a nursing home. He loves it. He's got a brand new girlfriend there, Wendy. They spend all day stroking each other across the face and up and down the arms and saying things like, oh, luscious, gorgeous piece. <laughs> if you ask him what the other one's name was, not a clue. Um, and that's fine, that's fine. Um, uh, I think that's maybe why it's so spicy, because they are constantly trying to get it on. <laughs> of course the relationship's still hot as. It technically starts afresh every couple of hours. <laughs> so um, they are legends, they are legends. But the staff, they have a duty of care, obviously, not to let this <laughs> full nudie muck occur. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, but they are quite persistent. And to be fair, um, it is, as you would expect, it is mainly Wendy that's instigating this <laughs> naughty action. So last time we went to visit, and you couldn't have written this, we <laughs> arrived and this incredible staff nurse came in and said, oh, just to let you know, there was a bit of a thing happened last night, a bit of an incident. I said, oh, here we go. <laughs> right. And they said, well, it was bingo night. <laughs> Immediately thinking, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so there was uh, obviously Gordy and Wendy were sat together, and um, she starts writing something on the back of her bingo paper, which we did notice. She passes this note to Gordy. She gets up and leaves. He puts the note in his pocket, looks very pleased with himself, <laughs> forgets it's there, and plays another 45 minutes of bingo. <laughs> Player! <laughs> then, right. He's forgotten it's there. He eventually just gets up and goes to the loo and the note's fallen out of his pocket and the brilliant staff swoop in, pick up the note. And they said, you know, as we expected, it said, meet me as soon as you can in room number nine. And we said, oh, you know, thanks for being so vigilant and so on it, you know, and intercepting it in such a subtle and kind of kind and non-humiliating way. And, you know, thank you so much for everything you're doing. And they said, no, the best thing about it is she's in room number eight. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, to tell a story of something that happened this weekend in terms of like what you accept as being normal or not. And I think because I've known that we've, I've had this 
coming up this evening, so it's been on my mind over the course of the week, and what do you put up with? What are your limits? What used you to put up with? What ought you to put up with? Once you decide you want your normal to change. And I had an incident this weekend. I was at the McCuntleth Festival, which is a lovely comedy festival in Mid Wales, and I was having a drink at a bar with your friend of mine, Jen Brister, fellow Guilty Feminist co-host, and a couple of other lovely comedians. And a man stood at the bar, near us, kind of at the bar. Huge, solid wall of a man. Kept turning round and shouting at someone, I don't know who, but someone I assume he knew. And it was indistinguished. It was like, but it was just really loud. And it was right in Jen's ear as if she wasn't there. And it just kept happening. And it was like, we were all kind of jolted by it each time. It was such an aggressive thing. But also, it was very horrible that it was like she wasn't there. And Jen very demurely turned to him and said, do you mind? And he went, fuck off. I don't know why I've made him northern. He was Welsh. <laughs> fuck off. Um, and he turned back around to the bar. Jen, I believe, still very demurely, tapped him on the shoulder. And he turned back around and she said, no, you fuck off. (laughs) He then gets half a pint of beer, throws it in her face, and then gets the cup, which is a plastic cup, but throws that in her face too. From not very far away, we're talking a foot and a half. She turns back around, there's four of us, we're stood there, we're all in these seconds, computing what it is we do about this. What is there to do about this? She's wiping sticky booze off her face. She's about to go and do a gig, a huge gig. And at this point in the story, I think it's very obvious who is the baddie (laughs) and who are the goodies. (laughs) But then I did this. (laughs) (laughs) I tapped him on the shoulder as the rest of us, including Jen, were going to leave. And I flicked what was left of my espresso martini into his face. This giant, enormous, muscly, great big wall of a big, bald face. And then I upturned the cocktail glass and popped it on his baldy head. (laughs) Ah. I mean, we applaud that, but I could be dead. To give it a tiny bit of added extra context, I kind of walked away from that going, Jen, we could go to the police now if I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't done that, but I can't control myself. And she said, well, let's go to the police. I've got to be in my gig in minutes, but there were two policemen right there outside. So we went over and they were like, yeah, what do you want us to do about it? Um, See, why have I made them the real accent? Anyway, um, we said, this man in there is a very angry man and he, I think, would hurt someone. I think he's on the verge of hurting someone. So maybe he shouldn't be in a situation like that with alcohol and in a big group of people. We probably weren't exactly that articulate. Anyway, we also hadn't told him what I'd done. (laughs) We'd only told them what he'd done. And so I was a bit reticent about this. Anyway, Jen went off to her gig. I watched the two policemen go in. They walked out with him. And in under 30 seconds, they were all just laughing together. And I thought, well, I can't go over there now because I did assault him. And I did escalate it. But had I not assaulted him, had I not escalated it, I'm certain that exact same thing would have happened. The police would have pulled him out and they'd have been laughing within a minute. He'd have made a joke about Jen or I and that was it and it wouldn't have been taken seriously. So actually, in light of that fact, and I would have felt very, very scared going up on my own, even with the two policemen there and saying, actually, this is what happened. I don't like it that you're laughing. In light of that fact, I am 
really chuffed that I did what I did because it is the only glimmer of humiliation that that horrible man will have seen in that whole instance. It's not really stand-up, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Yasmin, you were tweeting about a story this week. The reason I want to talk about it in this platform is sort of also what we accept as normal and what we would be horrified by or what we live with is different in different parts of the world. Yeah. And sometimes we go, oh, this is so difficult and hard and far away, we can't manage to engage with it because it's almost like an empathy overload. It's so awful. Yeah. So you were talking about this story this week and I really thought we want to give it a platform. It's much harder to talk about. Yeah. So There's it's no there's, jokes there's here no at all. funny, yeah. yeah. Um, so... I guess, sorry in advance. So I was born in Sudan, and in Sudan, despite the fact that child marriage is not legal and that, like, in Islam, you are supposed to have consent of both parties to get married um, and marital rape is criminalised, there's still a lot of, obviously, cases where that doesn't necessarily happen. So there's one particular case that I know about, essentially because a friend of mine who still lives in Sudan heard about it because it happened to a family friend of theirs, right? So there's a young girl named Noura, At 16, she was married off by her father without consent. She escaped for three years to live with her aunt, um, essentially because she didn't consent and didn't want to be married. She was told that her father had cancelled the wedding and so went back home and found out that she was tricked. And, like, essentially, they surprised her with the wedding and she was, like, given away to the man. Um, She refused to consummate the marriage to have sex with him for the first four days on the fifth day he got his brother and two nephews to pin her down and he raped her the next day he attempted to do the same thing again and she stabbed him multiple times in self-defense and went home to her parents her father then sent her to the police and her family disowned her so that happened in mid last year mid 2017 on april 29th 20 18, so uh, not that long ago, the verdict was announced. She was found guilty and convicted of premeditated murder, the punishment of which is death by hanging. On May the 10th is the official sentencing, and it's likely that the sentence will either be execution or financial retribution. And then after May the 10th, she has 15 days to submit an appeal. It's an awful situation, and the reality is is that this sort of stuff does happen in Sudan, and this sort of stuff is normalised, unfortunately, because... But, I mean, part of the reason my family left Sudan was because when the current government came into power, they instituted their version of Sharia law, which is super misogynist and takes away a lot of rights from women, despite the fact that, in my view, and in many other Muslim women's view, the faith gives us many, many rights that are now being taken away. The reason why we're talking about this is because I think this kind of also goes to the question of the power of, you know, the online world and the power of community. One of the things that can make the decision go in a different way is international community pressure, right? So there's a hashtag justice for Noura, um, Noura is N-O-U-R-A, that you can check out and follow. And essentially what the Sudanese diaspora is asking and agitating for is for as many people to talk about this, for as many people to contact MPs, to raise a fuss about this, because if it becomes an international story, then it's something the Sudanese government is ashamed of and might step in. You know, if you're somewhere where everybody around you is only looking at one certain way, only accepting one certain truth, it's very difficult as an individual to separate yourself 
from that. And it's also super hard as a woman in Sudan to live outside family, right? Like here in London, for example, I can live by myself and there is a social safety net and I can, you know, get work, all that. Like I don't need the family support. No, you can't do that in Sudan. The system is not there. Your family is your system of support. And so what we're asking is check out the hashtag, send a letter to your MP or send... Can we do this thing that yeah. Gina was talking yes, about? Yes, yeah. we can. And we'll set that up so when the podcast goes up, then you can kind of have access to it and it will essentially send something to your MP. Retweet it, find ways to, you know, if you're any way related to news or have a platform or whatever it is, if we can just create a little bit of hype around it. And also there's an email address that I will share underneath the podcast as well where you can write a letter to Noura to just show that she has support because everyone around, like she's been disowned by her family. She does not have a support network. And I think in those situations, there's someone not been in in such an extreme situation, but you feel like maybe you're doing the wrong thing. You feel like maybe it's easier if you just go along with things. She needs to know, Noura needs to know that she has our support. Is she currently in jail? I believe so, yeah. So we will help with that. Thank you. As much as we can. And if you can set something up, so we'll this, do. What yeah. is this called? It's called this Care Two. It's Care Two. Yeah, I'll put you in touch with the yeah. woman I've worked with, and then you can set it up, and we'll do it together. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. great. And that's what I love on the Guilty Feminist when women who don't know each other come together and help each other. It's so exciting. I feel like every I bring like really horrific stories to the Guilty Feminist. I'm really sorry. No, but they're really important stories. They're important yeah. stories. Mm. This is why it's here. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, listen, we mostly are a comedy podcast, but you know, it, there are times when you just go, well. What's feminism for if right. it can't support? If it was me on death row or about to be on death In row, it. I'd bloody well hope other people mm. were out there talking about it and doing what they could. You made a comment earlier about the fact that, you know, hashtag activism gets a lot of poo-pooing. You know who he gets poo-pooing from? Like, men who have other processes and who have other avenues of power. Yeah. The reason why people are, like, getting fired left, right, and center from different positions is because of the Me Too movement, which was amplified online. Yeah. The reason why we know about Nora is because I watch other people's mm. Insta stories, yeah. right? The online world, just like, and I have a lot of things to say about, you know, what we accept online that we shouldn't, whether it comes to trolling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it has provided us an avenue to be able to agitate for justice, mm. I think. in Connect. In, uh, Group. All my friends in London are people that I met, like, on the internet, which my dad thinks is terrifying. He was like, how do you know they're real? <laughs> like, yeah. Did you say that even after you've met them? <laughs> I'm like, so, Dad, it's Sims, but real. Like, yeah. <laughs> to keep track of everything we're up to, you can follow Guilt Fem Pod on Twitter or The Guilty Feminist on Instagram. There's also a Facebook page you can like and a mailing list you can sign up to. And if you like what you hear, please go to what we're now supposed to call Apple Podcasts and rate, review and subscribe. It helps other people to discover us. We have a charity of the week. Uh, Where is the charity of the week? Hello. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello. Um, So I'm from an organisation called European Youth Music. We're trying to do work with refugees and asylum seekers in the UK because it really, really sucks getting to the UK and lots of people have done lots of good things for helping in Calais and all that sort of stuff. But it also sucks in a lot of ways when you get here, you don't have support networks, you know, you're still trying to deal with the emotional fallout of all the shit you've been through. So uh, music can really help with that. Um, So we're starting a network of youth refugee choirs. We're up and running in Bristol and Birmingham. We're starting Leicester next week. We're starting up in Sheffield and Leeds, and there are more and more coming. But the next stage of this is we want to start a national 
uh, Youth Refugee Choir. We're going to bring them all to a residential course. They'll get to spend the whole week singing, making music. We hope it's going to really help, not just because it's fun, but also because it will do a lot of good for their mental well-being and you know, music can heal and develop confidence and all the things that we know it can do. Um, so we need to raise £18,000 to pay for all their um, accommodation and food and travel and everything, so it's all be completely free for them. So there is a crowdfunding page. If you could go to spacehive.com, spacehive.com, and it's forward slash European Youth Music Refugee Choirs, or just go to Spacehive and search for Refugee Choirs, will come up at the top. If you're listening at home, the podcast is free, so we would love you to give to this wonderful cause. There's a lot of evidence that singing in a choir makes you happier, and if it's one thing I know from working with refugees man they've been through a lot so if they're youth too if they're very young they haven't had a chance to process that what a great way to create community collaboration love joy and just have a little bit of hope and joy in the moment if you've been here tonight you've paid for your ticket there's no obligation but if you've got anything at all it would be really well used if you pop it in that in yeah thank you and we'll also we're also on facebook european youth music and and when you've got the national choir up can they come and sing on the guilty feminist that's the plan yes we have planning with you now excellent you have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest car host Jessica Foster and our very special guests, Yasmin Abdel Machine and Gina Martin. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. The music was by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Zielinski for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Zoe, Jacob, Sally, and everyone at King's Place, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. ovulating but someone wanted you to plug their gap sorry if you've just tuned into this podcast the more you talk about plugging your gap the more of my naughtiness earlier we have to keep in so plug gap plug gap yeah if you've if you've just tuned into this podcast which you definitely have because it's the beginning uh there's already been an in joke about plugging your gap and you just have to feel around it (laughs) you'll 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 get it jess Hello everyone, it's Deborah. During our recording, Yasmin told us that Nora would be sentenced on the 10th of May. That was four days ago, and we now know that she's been sentenced to death by hanging, which is obviously devastating and tragic. She now has 15 days to appeal, and it is likely that only pressure from the international community can save her life. You can be part of that pressure. Please write, tweet, fill in online petitions... And if you know or you are someone who has greater power to influence, please use that power. If you are a journalist, if you are a broadcaster, if you run a television network, if you have a blog, uh, if you YouTube, if you have your own podcast, please use your voice to amplify this story. If you are not sure how, go to a Yasmin's Twitter account, which is at Yasmin with two S's, Y-A-S-S-M-I-N underscore A. And amplify her and look there for how you can write to your MP and do other things that can help. Some links are in our show notes, but please do anything you can. Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com